This week we read The Adventure of the Illustrious Client. Hey, Liz Layton, do you have a match? Uh, how's this for a match? How about uh, your face and my acid? The game is afoot, all my buddies. Welcome back to the final Podblum, the only Sherlock Holmes read-through podcast that keeps all of its listeners bound for their own safety in a locked leather book called The Never-Ending Story. I, for my part, am old <laughs> CW. You going to say the death note. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Netflix version, so I'm not excited. <laughs> and here... Breaking into the intro is Nicholas Cohen, who recently <laughs> formed his own his own Coldplay cover band, Hotwork, and yes. also uh, Liz Layton, who majored in acid throwing and is the chairperson of the Kitty Winter Fan Club. How you doing? I Liz am. Layton? Thanks for joining us. Uh, I I'm living it up in quarantine. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's the only thing I've done except watch Survivor sure. in the past mm, four weeks. Yeah. Wow. My homework uh, down the drain. Survivor season forty. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. Well, we're glad to have you, and we're glad to have you for this particular story, which you yes. had requested vociferously by means of meme yes. uh, on I our Twitter hard. timeline for some time. Tell us you you have a connection to this story. What is it about this story uh, that twangs at some essential chord in you? So. Uh... You mentioned it. I am chairperson of the Kitty Winter Fan Club. I it's true. Love her. The KWF. <laughs> I love her K- on, but specifically, I love her on the show Elementary. Um, sure. Uh, which I am a big fan of, even though I haven't finished uh, the final season because every time right. I like turn it on, I like realize that it's coming to a close, and I'm like, oh no, I can't do this, and so I'll just go and start from right. the beginning. I just started sure. rewatching it. I'm on episode five, uh, and I I just love it so much. I love Elementary. It's one of my favorite TV shows. It is the show that made me realize I was gay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's so, got one. Everybody's got one. Mine is <laughs> elementary, uh, specifically Natalie Dormer, who plays Redacted. Um, <laughs> who plays Secret. Who plays Redacted. Um, <laughs> that's how sometimes people will talk about it, and I'm like, haha, you're not fooling anyone. <laughs> Even though you two don't know the plot twist. <laughs> and I'll remain- I mean, I think... Yeah. I think we can kind of feel around the edges of it. Yeah. And knowing, knowing a little bit of how that show works, I think we can... We can pretty safely assume that it's Grimsby Roylot. It is. You're yeah. right. Um, yeah. She actually it was plays the only character I could name. <laughs> she actually plays uh, Kitty Winter, and then uh, three seasons later, Ophelia Lovebird. Is that her name? I don't even know. I'm a big fan, but I don't know her name. Um, she just comes and she like slits Natalie Dormer's throat, and she like takes the role herself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. But that's one way uh, to write an actor off a show. <laughs> it's one way to write an actor on a show. Just kill him. What was the name? What was the name of the American like mining camp wild child tomboy from the Noble Bachelor? The one who was like, I fell down and did a faint. Oh this is yeah. Oh, oh I don't know. It was either Violet or Mary. It might have just been. Yeah, Liz. it was yeah. just Liz. Yeah, actually, like the actual Liz ancestor, <laughs> Victorian era ancestor. <laughs> yep, we were in America, so. Well, no, it'd be Elizabethan era. Yeah. Yes. You had an old era. How do, how do you feel having a whole era dedicated to you? 
Um, yeah, what's that like? <laughs> it's a lot to have on your shoulders. It's it's a lot to sure. like hope that you live up to the legacy of your own time period. Um, you know, there there's like a joke that I'm named after my own time period because my mom would love to claim right. that I'm named after Elizabeth uh the first right. uh, queen of england and uh patron of the arts Are but you? unfortunately uh no i'm named after a mistake um uh, <laughs> because my parents thought they were having a boy and a girl so they picked out the name william robert and emily elizabeth and then when they pulled my sister out they were like well this one's emily yeah and then they pulled this me out and they said it's another girl and they were like elizabeth <laughs> emily and elizabeth yep well, two names now it's just two names they should have <laughs> they should have just not been cowards and kept it they should have named your sister yeah. Elizabeth, named you Will, and then you would be Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I would. I would be William Robert. <laughs> and I would be everything I've ever loved, which is... <laughs> yes. It's not too late. Uh, I am a pirate uh, well, on the internet. That's a joke for go. legal reasons. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. That's a, um, a joke. Joke. No, but I really got in, into elementary at, when I was a teenager. And then in the third season, uh, Kitty Winter has a really big part in the first half of the season. Um, and mm-hmm. also another character from this story, Shinwell Johnson, he has a recurring part in, I believe, the fourth season. I love season. that guy. Um, but it's, it was really interesting that they're, that, uh, they're from different, for the, they're from the same story, but they get put in the show at different parts of the show. And, um, it makes sense because even in this story, they're, mm-hmm. they're like, they're, 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 each, each of their two characters is almost too big for this story. Like yes. they feel like the main character of another story who's making a tiny appearance in this yes. one. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that there's definitely enough between them to split up into two separate things. When Kitty Winter left elementary, I really like thought in my heart, I was like, maybe they'll make a spinoff because I feel like they could yeah. have. They didn't. I would have loved it, but. Well. But I, I really loved her story, and I really loved the actress, and I really loved her dynamic with Holmes and Watson, because in the show, she actually becomes Holmes, like, protege. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, so, like, learn to become a detective. And, and so it's really interesting, because she has this, like, tragic, horrifying backstory that, like, you don't get, right. like, all at once. You kind of get it in pieces at first, and then they throw it nice. at your face, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, yeah. um and it's just, I, I don't know. It was just a really interesting, like, half season long arc, and I really enjoyed the character, and that made me read the story, and I, mm. uh, I loved the story, especially, uh, the ending of both her arc in the TV show and the story, which, spoiler alert, is very yeah. similar, <laughs> and, um, yeah. is, uh, my favorite genre of women going absolutely feral. <laughs> yep. And getting away with and it. And getting away we with love, it. We love revenge. It's true. It's Especially about violent revenge. Revenge. It's about justice. It's about women being able Acid. to release their emotions in very loud ways. And I'm just like, thank God. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> about time. Every faces. single emotion yeah. in me is always boiling. And I just need an outlet. Yeah. And if that outlet is a Victorian woman throwing acid or I guess Edwardian woman throwing acid on a man's face, I'll take it. Yeah. Good stuff. Beggars cannot be choosers. Speaking of which, so we open and Watson has been begging Holmes for a literal decade to publish this story. And Just I, as I, I beg for why... a literal decade to be on this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> 
And I don't know why Doyle consistently does this framing device where he's like, this happened 40 years ago, but now we can talk about it. Like, why, dude? It's okay. Like, you don't, it's okay. It could just be a new story. It can just have happened last week. I don't know. I think it's to sort of be like, this is a good one, but we couldn't tell you. And now you're hyped. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. why, why couldn't you tell me? What's the, yeah, what's the secret? That's ooh, true. Ooh, I want to know already. Going back into the Disney vault. Yeah, right? Yeah. Pinocchio's coming out of the Disney vault. I gotta see that boy's nose crawl. Oh, God. Put it back in. Oh, God. <laughs> Casey hates Pinocchio. I and hate Pinocchio so much. <laughs> it's I'm not scary. a fan of the the golden age of Disney by and large, but I think in particular Pinocchio just has no self respect, and I would go watch <laughs> AI instead. The only <laughs> thing I know about Pinocchio is that uh, Falfello and Gideon are from it. The two, uh, like the fox and the cat, and that's guy. only because uh, they're friends at work. <laughs> <laughs> You know oh, them yeah. personally. Yes, yes. Gideon you know and Falfell and I job. have tea every every few weeks. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, Tell them we said to stay in their own. Damn I feel movie. like that implies <laughs> something about me that isn't true. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you're a cartoon character at, because I don't yeah, know how no, much we could just, refute just that. Just to be clear, anyone <laughs> listening, I do work at Disney, but I'm not a performer. So right. Just just to put and that also out there. disclaimer that disclaimer nothing I don't you speak to the brand of the represent- company at any point. <laughs> right. Unless you're an opinions. actor just playing the part of someone who works at I got an A in acting at ABC Community College, uh, Antelope Valley College Community <laughs> College, so, you know. Acting no. Valley College Community College. No, I there work at Disney, is. but not that, not as a performer. Please don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> but I do know about getting a fellow because I've seen them around. <laughs> <laughs> being dudes. So they're at the Turkish Baths. Um, eyebrows, eyebrows. <laughs> Holmes is withdrawn, but following some questions, he produces a note, which reads that Sir James Damery presents his compliments to Mr. Sherlock Holmes and will call upon him at 4.30 tomorrow. Uh, notice he is not asking permission to do so. He is saying that this is happening. <laughs> Sir James begs to say that the matter upon which he desires to consult Mr. Holmes, as my uh, autocorrect has it, is very delicate and also very important. He trusts, therefore, that Mr. Holmes will make every effort to grant him this interview and that he will confirm it over the telephone <laughs> to the Carlton Club. <laughs> and that makes me really happy. Just the idea that, like, no, you're going to call... call if you just call Walmart, I'll be there, and that way you can tell me. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I mean, that's kind of how they had to do it. They didn't have tech. Exactly. There were like the six directly. phones. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm at this hotel. They'll let me know. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dameron, Poe Dameron, this guy, <laughs> whose name I've already forgotten, uh, he is apparently a known diplomat. Uh, he is good at arranging delicate matters and handling them privately. And at this point, he shows up at Doyle, no, at this point, he shows up at Baker Street. <laughs> he shows up at Doyle's house and he's like, he shows up at Doyle's house and he's like, you need to write about how pretty I am. Hello there. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Doyle, I'm so pretty, please put down me in over your one book. Eye. Right, Mr. Yes. Doyle. I don't think you described me as handsome enough. I like the, I like it, but like maybe just like correct. A little, yeah. He shows Talk up my and eyes uh, Doyle. <laughs> Doyle is already bored with his own story because he's been you know, <laughs> describing just yet another extremely handsome man. Um, but Watson's there, and he says, "Well, I'm glad Watson's here because you, you cats, you're going to be dealing with the most dangerous man in Europe." For the third time this week. <laughs> right? They just keep handing the title around as Holmes takes exactly. him down. Holmes even flexes. 
about if uh, they keep taking down the top of the list it would naturally have to eventually you're down to like the team rocket of right? of, of villains <laughs> the most like, dangerous grunt in london oh thank we're god we're the only ones left <laughs> and holmes actually says i have had several opponents to whom that flattering term has been applied said holmes with a smile yeah dude you applied it to them <laughs> it's like, like <laughs> it's just your arbitrary title that you just assign people for real. Also, I can't do British accents anymore because Paul Thomas Miller uh, utterly called you out on that. <laughs> he really did. Oh, boy. He, um, and I mean, fairly and gently, but now I'm I'm too self-conscious. Oh, no. So, you know what I'll... I, I enjoy your British accent. I enjoy their quality um, and their content. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, we, we... Okay, well, let's let's choose. I could do a different accent now. I could do German. I could do my Tevia um, I could do all kinds of stuff. I'll just, I'll just do German. I have had several opponents to whom that I love German the German accent. Yeah. They're all very dangerous men. Yes, Ooh, Anna, they stand there with their weapons. <laughs> yes. Uh. So, the dangerous man in question is one Baron Gruner, the Austrian murderer. Whether he is a murderer who is Austrian or a murderer of Austrians, we are never entirely sure, but neither would surprise us. Uh, Holmes knows about this cat, and he says, I knew also that he had come to England and had had a presentiment that sooner or later he would find me some work to do. <laughs> Which is fun, because when you're Holmes, you're just reading through the paper about the crimes, and you're like, oh, neat. I'm probably going to have to go arrest that guy at some point. <laughs> right, like, oh, someone who is definitely a murderer that didn't get caught? Noted. Exactly. That right. sounds yeah. like a job for me and my best friend. <laughs> Whom I live with lunch and afterwards. am always around. It'll be yeah. a great day. So Poe Dameron is acting as middleman here, and he reluctants to tell Holmes who the client is, but eventually reveals that they're trying to save a young woman named Violette de Merville, daughter of the famous General de Merville. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Everybody knows he's General de Merville, that guy. Um, from yes. the love of a murder man. Who Arthur Conan Doyle will have you know is also extremely handsome. Oh yeah, we got a couple good descriptions of this guy. <laughs> Doyle Doyle's always been extremely willing to give <laughs> very detailed descriptions of the facial geography of the dudes in his stories, but like it's every half a page. I this. really want you to be he, able to look in the mirror and see your own features like morph into the features he's describing on the page aww. as you see the most beautiful man in front of you, and you're like, "How'd you get in my house?" <laughs> <laughs> and the mirrorverse version of of Poe Dameron is like. I'm here to save the universe. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Go on. Okay, but okay. Oscar Isaac, come to my home. <laughs> Doyle, I think, was meant to actually write romance novels, but he somehow ended up writing mystery novels, and he's just making it work. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Well, like, maybe it yeah. wouldn't have been socially acceptable for him to, you know, as a dude, as a doctor, as a respected, you know, guy. To, mm. No, he could have done a pseudonym. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. What was the nature of the romance novel at this in this time period? Because I don't know. Victorian romance novels. Wow. Well, when was <laughs> yeah. this published? Like, the Isn't that just Pride and Oh, yeah, yeah this, this is the, the 20s. 20s. Romance yeah. novels. Yeah. Go for it. I, I'm getting an English minor. I can Google. 
<laughs> I know that novels at the time were considered, like, borderline dangerous. Like, they had just been invented, like, 40 years <laughs> beforehand. And there was mm-hmm. actually novel reading mania was listed as one of the criteria for possible, like, imprisonment at a mental asylum. Oh, good to know <laughs> I would have been, like, thrown in a mental asylum no matter what Oh, exactly, yeah, in. no, we would all be in there. I think, they, I think that also really happened with television. There's a sad scene where Sherlock is at a, an... Uh, a meeting for because uh, elementary is very much centered around his heroin addiction and his recovery oh, right. from heroin addiction yeah 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 his, but his recovery mm-hmm. and so he's at a meeting and he has this like little monologue it takes him a long time to open up too because in right. the beginning of the show he's like i don't need to be going to these and by the end of it he's like if you need to go to a meeting i can suggest eight different places and it's very sweet Aww. i love character development um but he he has this little monologue talking about how the world is so busy and like part of the reason he used drugs was to like try and like get everything to quiet down and he says i think if i had been born in a different era i would have been happier and like since like he's from like (laughs) these books and it's like he has these addictions in the books and he has problems it's like oh no bud you (laughs) wouldn't Yeah. This is so sad. This is very. It's no. not. This is dramatic irony oh, at its hell. worst. It really is. That's it's bad, tragic. Though. Elementary Actually. loves to just take your heart and like crush it. It's like you're having a good that. time with the with the fun murders and the fun puzzles to solve. Die. <laughs> <laughs> you know who hasn't cried recently enough? You, the viewer. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is a thing to think, oh, I was born in the wrong time. <laughs> and like, no, if I was born, if I'd been born 30 years ago, I still would have stayed inside reading all day. I just wouldn't also have been <laughs> playing every Final Fantasy five times. <laughs> like people, you know, like Holmes, Holmes does have a fundamentally addictive and compulsive personality. Mm-hmm. So it, it it wouldn't matter. He could be, I want to see caveman Sherlock Holmes. I want to <laughs> see like medieval golden age Islam Sherlock Holmes. It's, oh my God. You know what? All of it. Brad, <laughs> Brad Kefauver, Brad Kefauver, I know you're listening. Uh, Robert Parrott, Paul Thomas Miller, all you cats over at the Weekly Watsonian. Li- find, is there like a collection of like alternate Holmeses? There has oh, to be. Like, yeah, a, like there's an gotta anthology be. of like speculative. And I don't mean, I don't mean like steampunk. I mean, I mean here for the steampunk Sherlock Holmes, obviously. <laughs> but I mean like, yeah. what if he was in different times and places? Like, is there Native American Sherlock Holmes from like 1300 BC before the white man had ever stepped foot across the land bridge? Like, I want to hear that shit. <laughs> I'm, that too. I'm more. I, lately, as I've been growing up, and I've just had like less time and like less right. ability to concentrate on weeks. things. Yes, um, yeah. the forks exclusively, not like the last ten years of my life. But I, I've been like leaning <laughs> towards more television than I have been reading, which a part of me is very sad yeah. about because I grew up with books like they were the only thing keeping me alive because they were. Yep. And um, <laughs> now it's like whenever I think of things, I don't really think like, oh, I want to read a book like this. It's like, I want to see a TV show like this, just like for the visual medium. And it might just be because I'm a theater whore. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, if I can't see a 18 hour long play about this, I might as well watch a TV show. Um, but like, I want to see Sherlock Holmes in high school. In an American high school, yeah. British Sherlock Holmes, like solving an actual aged crimes. down yes. Sherlock Holmes, yeah, but not young Sherlock because, that, or not young Sherlock Holmes because that movie was not good. Um, no. <laughs> the Steven Spielberg one. Not, I, see no, it? you know what we need is we need a whole series of the beginning of Holmes and Watson. Oh my yes, <laughs> yes, please. I'll take just, it. Just for um, that just movie for was Sherlock so much. Peoria. 
I watched that movie specifically so I could understand your guys' episode because I started to watch. I started. You to really listen. did. I'm, I'm really sorry. I started to listen <laughs> and I was like, sorry. okay, I don't get it at all. I was like. I can't do this. I'm going to go watch the movie. And I watched the movie and I was mm-hmm. texting Casey Hills as I was doing it. Like, yep. why have you done this to me? And somewhere Brad Kefauver grew more powerful. And he didn't did. Know why. Yeah. <laughs> he loves that movie so much. I laughed a few times, but it, overall I was like, I'm really glad I didn't pay for this. Yeah. yeah that's, that's the correct for legal attitude. Reasons. We really still age uh, better than the rise of Skywalker. It really the rise does. of Skywalker oh. didn't age because the rise of Skywalker shouldn't exist. Anyway. Damn. <laughs> we just looked like Pirates of the Caribbean 4, 5, and 6, and 7. There's not a 6th one, Nicholas. <laughs> it's only there right. Soon. And they shouldn't exist. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait. If the 6th... No. I will say that our our yen for television overreading, like, in the past, like, in our lifetimes, like, much better television That's has true. also become a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. prestige television and really good adaptations of shit. Um, like my missus read Big Little Lies and uh, and all kinds of like a couple of Leanne Moriarty ones that uh, they made into specials on HBO. The new Watchmen adaptation was well, it was a sequel thing was really good, and it's I think it's it's not only more possible to make really good adaptations of things, but we're coming to a better understanding that like not everything can be a movie and not everything needs to be six movies or whatever. Mm. Like you can just make an eight episode thing and have it be done and have it be really good. Yeah. Um, which is what they should have done with Hellboy, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a point though, is that books are good. So, so, um, <laughs> so okay. So this murder man, he has presented himself to Violet de Merville as a victimized hero. That the whole world is against him. Everybody's picking on him, and that's how come he did all those murders. And they are set to marry next month. Uh, this is killing her father, but she is a grown ass woman, and the law has no power to stop her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as is the case when any woman does anything, a group of men don't like. They're gonna figure out some they're other way. They're gonna hire yeah. a man to stop her. <laughs> yes. Uh, Poe Dameron's client is a close friend of the General's, and he has no doubt that Holmes could deduce his identity with, like, very little effort, but asks that Mr. Holmes kindly please not don't. do that. He yeah. says please, yeah, if, and if so Holmes respects not. his privacy. Right. <laughs> I really like... His name's not Poe Dameron. What is it? Damery? Is that uh, it? It's Damery. Colonel Sir James, Sir Damery. James Damery. Damery. Colonel yeah, I got lost Sir. in my own joke. Who is large, him as with a bluff Oscar and honest Isaac. personality. <laughs> Uh, he has just, a pleasant, though. mellow voice, and he has Irish eyes. Right? Still don't know wow. what that means, but... Um, Still racist. It's it's also yeah. said that he dominates the room, which... Oh, I bet. Yep. Oscar Isaac does that, so... He's a sir and a colonel, so... I can see Oscar Isaac playing this role. That's An my head cannon cast. I think Oscar yeah, Isaac absolutely. could read, or could could play, like, any role, to be honest. Yeah. For real, Oscar Isaac is kind of a latter-day Antonio Banderas, and I don't even mean that racistly. I just mean <laughs> no, that, I like, it's, it's, oh, God. So Violet is in love. So, Violet <laughs> is in love, and She's they need to love, scuttle love, it. Love. So, uh, anyway, I just really, I really like, uh, Damery because he's got this kind of, um, I, I, I see him occupying, occupying the same space I do in the world. Uh, I too am played by Oscar Isaac. Uh, <laughs> no, it's that being just like a middleman and a facilitator, but in like, uh, cause you know, you, you say middleman and it sounds like, man, I'm here to make the process more complicated. Meh. And that's, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I really enjoy diplomacy and people who ease relations yeah. between other people. I, my kung fu is strong in, that, in that area. 
I am. It's it's my natural milieu. It's where I function best. Mm -hmm. And I really like this idea of like, okay, I gotta go. I talk to them about scuttling this romance. Later on, I have to go stop a war, then lunch. (laughs) And I just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I like this guy a lot. But he leaves, and the boys conspire, asking the question uh, that if the girl's father can't talk her out of it, then what hope does Sherlock, a stranger, have? Um, And there's only one solution. It's time to talk to Shinwell Johnson. Oh, yeah. Shinwell Johnson. They have to get Porky Johnson involved. Yes. Shinwell Johnson is a former criminal turned informant for not the police, for Holmes. Um, for specifically personally for, specifically for Holmes. Specifically Holmes. Yes, because and it would be much too dangerous if he was an informant for the police. But this way, he can be correct. on the side of good while also being alive. Doing crimes. <laughs> Holmes, yes. is, Holmes is cool. He's, he's chill about it. So... I love this, the, the concept of this character. There's so many, like, one-off characters like this who are like, oh, they're a former criminal informant for Holmes. Or like, oh, this is the leader of the Baker Street Irregulars, and, like, mm-hmm. this is my group of street urchins kind of thing. But, like, they never really go into depth with any of them, and they're not super reoccurring. I don't think this guy's reoccurring at all, uh, um, <sighs> unlike the Irregulars who are. He but should be. they really should have. They missed a He's huge recurring on elementary. <laughs> Well, Everybody watch go. Elementary. He has a whole, like, half CBS, or... correcting Arthur Conan Doyle's mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this guy's awesome. Um, and... He's turned narc with a K. Yeah. <laughs> narc. Uh, so, yeah, he, he goes in, um, Shinwell Johnson and Kitty Winter, I think, work together? Sort of? They're, I think like, he, he a puts team? the word out. They're, they're yeah. acquainted, but I think he, he puts the word out that he's looking for, for any sort of information, dirt. yeah, any dirt yeah. he ha- anybody has on butt. this Del Gruner. Wait, not Del Gruner, that's the elementary character's name, on this, um, <laughs> uh, I think it's Adelbert. Baron Gruner. Gruner. Baron Adelbert Gruner. Adelbert. Yeah. Adelbert. Yeah. Oh boy. And Kitty Winter just absolutely busts through a, a yeah, window she, to, she, like. She punches <laughs> her, the door open and is just like, yep, as you would. I've got. Here, I'm gonna do it because, <laughs> because I'm never coming back, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, some no. shit on some motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I listened to the audiobook for this and I watched the 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 episode of the Jeremy Brennan yeah. television series. You absolutely the, had this story hooked yes. into your veins. I yes. love it. <laughs> Kitty Winter, if you're out there, I would like to marry you. I will treat you well. Uh it, Our first I'm not, proposal. I'm not vain Our for having a thing for redheads proposal. if I'm a redhead. It's just a thing, okay? Sometimes it just it. happens. She's described as <laughs> I'm not prejudiced. Yeah. I know a me. Sometimes you look in a mirror and you think, dang girl, that's a joke because I hate myself. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Are you me? No. <laughs> Nick and I have a lot in common. So, uh, they are going to have uh, Kitty Winter and or Shinwell Johnson try to dig up something fresh that they can use to dissuade Violet from marrying this cat. Watson mm-hmm. asks the um, reasonable question. Um, well, I can't do a British accent for Watson anymore either. Do what it! Am I to- do it! I want to no. hear it. I'll miss it. Casey, if you stop no, doing British accents, what, what am I here Casey, for? I love you. You can't let a listen. You can't want one listener of your show dictate how you do your program because then you will end up yes. having a guest every episode Excuse- who beamed their way here. 
Casey, do you want to end up as BBC Sherlock C- Series 3? No, we don't. It was bad. We don't. <laughs> Paul Thomas Miller made for us a theme song. He did a f- he did a parody version of the final countdown, but with the final podcast. And out lyrics. of love, you will it continue the program for him specifically, but it's called a compromise. All right. <laughs> All right <fair laughs> Look at enough. him and say, baby girl, I love you, Every but this, time- is gonna, this is the part of the brand. Meet me in the middle. Every on, time Casey a does dance. a British accent on the show from now on, it is dedicated to Paul Thomas Miller. We'll agree to compromise. <laughs> okay, fine. Watson says, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Watson says, <laughs> but if the lady will not accept what is already known, why should any fresh discovery of yours turn her from her purpose? To which Holmes replies, shrug emoji, dames, vague gesture. Yeah. <laughs> Women, who knows? I don't know. Hearts are yeah. They're mysteries. Are They're just question puzzles. marks at the top of a pair of gams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, honestly. So Holmes had gone to see this Gruner, who was an excellent host in the way of all the best villains, and knew exactly why he was there, and warned him that the pursuit of this would be his very destruction. And Holmes naturally had been about to say uh, the same to him. And if... If I'm reading this correctly, it does Gruner does Gruner say that he literally hypnotized Violet? He you know, d- there really is a clear. mention of that. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, Nicholas, you've got have you, have you got your your omnibus there? I don't know. Yeah, I got my book here. Hold on. I think he tries to imply it. I'm not 100 percent sure if it's the truth, um, or he just is a hypnotist, which is a thing. Have you guys ever seen a hypnotist right. in real life? weaponized hypnotism no, uh, no oh, I, have I have not, not. I'm not sure I, they, exist. they do i've seen them at the av fair uh we i used to was it to, like was it like a waving a watch in front of you kind of thing it, like did that, was, is that real or is that in the movies i don't know i didn't i didn't like sit and watch <laughs> the entire like scheduled performance but it was one of the outside tents where they just have like a some risers as a stage and they get them on stage right. and then he gets volunteers from the audience and i was really young so it, i didn't even volunteer because i was so confused but he he just had them like come on stage and they he did some like breathing and some like and then you're in a new place it was sort of this like meditative uh right hypnotism mm-hmm. where you into a he was like and when i snap my fingers you'll open your eyes but you'll still be asleep and so he like snapped his mm-hmm. fingers and they all opened his eyes and no. he was like are you awake are any of you awake and he like waved their hands in front of their eyes and they didn't respond and i was like wow and then my mom was like this is bullshit let's go <laughs> she didn't say those words oh, i did not sad. hear my mother swear until i was 17 years old and i thought i was like in a different universe the second i heard her say it i think i'd heard her swear <laughs> like universe Jonathan. very minimally before that and only when she like got hurt. did she have a goatee was she wearing a cat suit no <laughs> not like a no i mean like a like <laughs> you gotta explain that now. You gotta explain no, Nicholas, that. No, Nicholas, you knew what I meant. Like when I say it, like in like in Deep Space Nine, Mirror Universe, and like Kira, and like the Jazzer size headband. Exactly. She yeah. Like a tiara in this very like, Liz. No, Star Trek. Liz. I'm so you sorry. Need to watch. All Deep my best Space friends Nine. are all my best friends are Star Trek like deep lore nerds, and I'm like. Liz, I, you, I know you would Vulcan love is. Deep Space Nine. You would want to marry Kira. I just know that <laughs> off the bat. Can I start Deep Space Nine without like knowing Deep Spaces yeah. one through eight? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, then I'll, I'll start Deep Space Nine. <laughs> if if you guys start elementary, I'll start Deep Space Nine. Deal. <laughs> Absolutely Struck. deal. Absolutely. Yeah. I already wanted to watch elementary. I can't find the whole hypnotism quote. I'm really sorry, but it is there. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's yeah. there. Um, so yeah. he claims to have hypnotized her. It just sounds like regular gaslighting to me. It sounds a lot like possible. what the president tries to do to us on a daily basis. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Holmes leaves Gruner uh, to brood in his villainy. Same. Villainy. <laughs> but, yeah. But uh, warns him, uh, Gruner warns him of the fate that befell a man named Lebrun, the French agent who had last investigated him and was set upon by some Apache in their native habitat of the Montmartre district of Paris. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Where'd the Apache come from? <laughs> I feel like that, is there, I, I feel like there's gotta be historical context for that. I don't know. Well, I was too okay, busy researching like, the Turkish baths. <laughs> yeah, I bet you were, buddy. Uh, like the, I was curious. Cause the French and Indian, um, mm-hmm. relations were a thing. Uh, I know. I mean, there were French and Indian wars, obviously, but there was there was a large French-speaking population in the native. Oh, oh my goodness! Um, What's up? What have you found? Wikipedia? Apaches subculture. Okay, oh. Les Apaches. Les Apaches was a Parisian Apaches Parisian Belle Epoque. Uh, violent criminal underworld subculture of early 20th century hooligans, oh. night muggers, street gangs, and other criminals. I love Lee Miss As news so about much. their... <laughs> as like... <laughs> um, after the news of their notoriety spread over Europe, the term was used to describe violent street crime in other countries as well. For example, Russian oh. Apaches. So it was like kind of just a... I, I think it was white people. Um, oh, so this is just more deeply this racist. Is just this more, is the, this no, is street they, Arab. Yeah. So saying it again. to mean like okay. someone who is a mugger, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, oh my it's, gosh. It, the Gross. name, it looks like the term came from a reference to that. It, it's like calling somebody like Gross. violent and yeah, it's Yikes. definitely yeah. deeply racist. Um, a violent but dirty savage. now we yeah. know. <laughs> Are you still on the Wikipedia? I, take, I could be. Yeah. Take a look up? at that revolver. Right? What is that? that? Um, it's knuckles okay. and a gun well, and a knife all attached. Oh yeah. It's oh, yeah. so it's cool. cool. It's That's so what I cool. want. Yeah. When the apocalypse hits, I'm Early becoming one of these, uh, French, I don't want to say the word, um, I'm becoming yeah. one of those French, uh, gang crime members. There Listen, you go. It's such just, a... if the apocalypse hits, <laughs> I am straight up just gonna go out into the streets of Paris and go, Tenardier, I'm yours! Wow. <laughs> Come and get me, crime bitch. for money! I am wow. gonna post. I it has sort of become uh in That's you know like I will kill Tenardi inevitable uh theme on this show to be like oh this is a reference to something sounds a little racist but let's look it up and you find out it is in fact racist even more than you expected. Yep. It, that's yeah. just history and we are not gonna lie about it. But I am no. gonna post a picture of this gun. That's wild. Gl- gun knuckle knife <laughs> thing is so I cool. Think I- I think I probably know the one you guys are talking about just through research I've done into the feasibility of gun blades. Yeah. Like, yep, that's the one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, but so good. Sexy here's the weapon, thing. To be honest. I want that. Wait a minute. For my no, own No, okay, listeners. Okay, l- listeners, we'll post a picture here, but like. We will. In order to put your knuckles into that four to punch it. Oh, you can't pull the trigger. Wouldn't that necessitate? You would be pointing both the blade and the gun part at yourself. I bet the blade, like, <laughs> retracts or something. Maybe it's just not I very don't know. smart. I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's like a last resort. Like, you run out of bullets and you're like, and the knife uh-huh. falls out. You're like, I have some knuckles. I win. Y'all aren't ready wow. for my knife knuckle gun. <laughs> I wouldn't be. So Watson asks, so Holmes, I don't mean to suggest that one man or another 
shouldn't control every moment of a woman's life, obviously. <laughs> we would never. But, like, but does it really matter if this girl marries this dude? Like, yeah, what? John Watson has heard dude. that his best friend slash boyfriend, question mark, has been threatened. And his literal response is, uh, then let her, like, marry the guy. You know, bitches be crazy. Just it's not our business. Guy, Bye. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> Which is fine. how I feel about half Dames. my friends. <laughs> yeah, Some well, of my oh. friends show me their Tinder <laughs> matches and I'm like, that sounds like a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's your mistake Don't to, to make with your relationship. You so I, I've been in one relationship that lasted two weeks, and it was with Floyd. Shout out. Um, <laughs> and I'm a lesbian, so figure that one out for yourselves. <laughs> and Holmes replies, uh, given that he murdered his last wife, I'm going to say, yeah, it kind of does. Now we should <laughs> probably try to interview. Yeah. I don't know. I, He's going to really go full like... bluebeard on her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, yeah. there is a minor note that... Uh, that this client seems to think he can hide his identity from Holmes and A sharp and that will yes <laughs> yeah all right got it in you did it choir jokes I, hold on what what's happened? up <laughs> choir jokes oh, okay. a minor note oh, a minor note I get it yeah all right we're all we're all theater Nicholas kids, yeah. are you a tenor you're a tenor like me right I do, I actually don't think so I think I'm actually lower than a tenor not like I don't want to say like a you're a fiver a bass but. <laughs> immediately immediately the joke comes back um yeah i throw a joke at casey he picks it up throws it right back (laughs) we're just playing cat over here (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is the only way i know how to emotions (laughs) no i think i'm actually a bass i have a much easier time singing sinatra than like for example coldplay which is definitely tenor range and higher because yeah, I can't. I I can't hit high notes. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah, we gotta find out. We gotta do barbershop one of these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, you we'll meet do... Dylan and someone else. And somebody, we'll we'll do we'll, we'll do, do a auditions. rendition of that. Uh, yeah, but we're, uh, <laughs> uh, we'll do a couple of my Coney Island Klingon, which yes! is a whole. thing. We always yeah. talk about that, and I don't know if you're joking or not, but I'm serious. Oh, I'm not joking. <laughs> I sent you a recording of me singing it, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. I still have it. <laughs> it's great. Oh God, it's so good. We'll have to do it. We'll have to get all the layers mm-hmm. in there. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like sneakily eating tuna while they're talking about Star Trek and singing. I'm just like I don't think tuna. So eat tuna, tuna with mayonnaise. Tuna, I'm like, tuna I'm like, with mayonnaise, huh? Anyway, so I'm just gonna eat my tuna. Tuna. You, you a mayonnaise eater? What makes you think this is getting cut? No. <laughs> Tuna oh, with mayonnaise. See, here's here's the thing. There's an ongoing debate on Dyson Virtue. I don't know if Christina's still there, but oh, there's an ongoing about debate the snack. about... She's told me about the snack. Debate. Yeah, about what, if anything, constitutes an acceptable podcast snack. Personally, I think this tuna. And Dylan's fine. answer is nothing. Yeah, tuna I, mean, I haven't heard any okay, munching, It's just like tuna so. salad, and I, we were eating it with crackers earlier, but I'm excluding the crackers because that wouldn't pass, but I think the tuna's all right. Well, yeah. You're all white. <laughs> so they're at Porky's. Uh, they meet with Porky and Kitty Winter, who is the dame of dames, and yes. boy, howdy do the two of them hate Gruner. Like, wow. <laughs> so much. Uh, with good reason. Mm-hmm. She, uh, she had loved him once, and, uh, was used up and thrown away like so many Capri Suns. And she was appalled to learn, <laughs> uh, that he collected women in a locked leather book. Women that he had duped, used, and ruined. And he keeps it, as one does with incriminating evidence, in an unguarded study. Yep, not even locked up, yep. nothing, just, just there, in there. Yep. In which Holmes has actually already done just a skosh of light burgling. Just <laughs> some, 
light breaking and entering. Like, hey, and there. as Liz Layton noted, Kitty Winter is one hundred percent on board to oh, offer yeah. her knowledge and and her and her fists. She and doesn't even want money. Learn. She does not want yeah. money. Her she wants substances. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is that is her only reward is this man's total destruction. She is a badass. It's mm. awesome. So she and Holmes, uh Holmes and the Winter Soldier, they <laughs> arrive at Gruner's house and they are greeted by Violet herself, the brainwashed maiden in the flesh, uh, who is at once the consummate hostess and overtly hostile, which yes. is an extremely impressive combination that I always enjoy. She, <laughs> That's a lot of fun. She is very vocal about the fact that she is only entertaining this meeting out of respect for her father, not out of any sort of respect right. for Holmes. Or and She doesn't even know who Kitty Winter is, and I'm pretty sure that she doesn't even listen to a word that comes out of her mouth nope (laughs) no she knows why they're there to talk shit on her man and uh she's she's determined not to hear a word of it which in theory is not entirely unfair i think kitty would do very well on tumblr um because i think (laughs) not kitty i think violet would be a uh kylo ren stan um, yeah, yeah. Here's the yeah. thing: be a she definitely. I feel like she thinks yeah. that much like JJ Abrams. because the Baron has oh, told her all the horrible things that like he has uh, been accused of and allegedly done. Uh, allegedly, that's a fun <laughs> word to say. You did it. Um, but she says that everything is just misconstrued and like he's a good he's man. He's misunderstood. He, like, Nobody knows him woo. like I do, and you know I can fix him. What's a little murder? Haven't we all just had a character that is a little bit fucked up and you're like, but I love him. <laughs> this okay, one will right. be my problematic and she, The difference is instead of seeing hers on a, on a TV show, she should have, she should have stopped watching like six seasons ago. Um, her, she's right. gonna marry hers and nothing's gonna stop her, which like, I respect mm-hmm, that yeah. grift, ma'am. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, um, yeah. I kinda do respect it a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is actually like, very sweet that it's like she's willing to stick up for her man's TM and, right. um, it's just very unfortunate it, that the man it's unfortunate is. He's a murderer. <laughs> this guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because to an extent, I mean, you know, one of the things about being in a healthy relationship is understanding that idealizing and romanticizing your partner is only healthy to an extent, and you have to understand and accept that they're a human with flaws. It's just that most of the time, those flaws aren't murder. (laughs) Like, (laughs) there's just, it's so much that I've never been in a relationship, like, a real one. Sorry, Floyd. And, um... (laughs) it's because i was literally talking about Let's him get yesterday. Floyd on the next episode i'm gonna call him i'm gonna call him get the this, other like, side of the story it's been like five years but how you doing call your exes text your exes have your exes as a guest we on your two, podcast we were like friends in high school that was the thing we really were like and then i was friends with his like next girlfriend that he was he actually did for a while so mm-hmm. i was like okay good <laughs> i don't have to i don't have to be known as like his ex because <laughs> he but no i actually became like pretty good friends with his girlfriend because i would like drive her home after drama club like almost like mm-hmm. pretty frequently and no it's like watching nice. so i've never been in a relationship uh, but like seeing how relationships work is so strange to me because the only ones i know are like my friends and media and like the way that mm-hmm. people talk about people they love is insane because it's like 
Fair. They'll be saying it's like, very... and then they did this thing, and I'm like, well, how did it make you feel? And they're like, not great. And I'm like, well, did you talk to them? And they're and like, either they say yes, and we had a discussion about it. I'm like, wow. Or they're like, no. And I'm like, you should talk to them. But like, seeing how like relationships and like different dynamics work it's always something I've had to look at, never been in. So a part of me is like, mm-hmm. you know what? You know what, Violet? I still respect you, girl. I love you. I, I really <laughs> hope that you get your shit together. <laughs> but, you know, maybe yeah. we can go to the mall and I can take you to get some frozen yogurt and I can look <laughs> you deep in the eye and I want you to right. think like, so, why do you like him? <laughs> Violet, really do think you about need it. bangs? <laughs> Violet, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> and dye her hair. Yes. Um, Violet, is. okay, here's how different, here's how the different women of this story, all two of them, would react to being yes. in quarantine. Violet yes. would cut, would give herself bangs and like split dye her hair where it's like one side is like yep. a crazy color and the other side is like blonde. And she'd be like, I like Harley Quinn. And then it's like, oh girl. <laughs> it doesn't look good because she did it with like Kool-Aid. And she filmed a TikTok. <laughs> and then she's like, love my bae more than anything. And he's there and he's like kind of dead in the eyes. And everyone is commenting on her TikTok Wait. about how how scary he looks. And then she has to make <laughs> another TikTok about how it's like, guys, I really don't appreciate the way you're talking about my boyfriend. Okay, he's really sweet. And even though he's done things in his mm-hmm. past that I don't agree with, you know, like he's changed. He's a different person now. People can change. <laughs> yeah. And this is how Kitty Winter would deal with her quarantine. She just downloaded Animal Crossing. There you go. <laughs> She'd be fine. She'd be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she's a damn adult. She'd give herself bangs, but it would be like really good. And you like it would work. And like maybe she definitely has like one of her roommates probably has a cosmetologist license, so she does it herself in the bathroom, and then her her like roommate like fixes it up, and she looks fucking great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nicholas, what were you gonna say? You, I don't know. I wanted, I wanted hear, <laughs> you, no, it was something about relationships that I wanted oh, to hear your take. Yeah, but I also didn't you're want to both interrupt. like engaged oh, yeah. or married. What's a relationship like? Because <laughs> I have one of those now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, relationships are very strange because they're both, like, extremely personal individual experiences, but also, like, a lot of people have them. But, like, mm-hmm. no two relationships are the same. I think That's I'm true. starting to get that impression that, like, people think that there's like a relationship guidebook where like every relationship needs to be like this and first of all you don't even have that as a gay person so like throw even if there was one you just throw it away um but yeah it's kind of like it's to me it's almost like a friendship that you a very deep friendship that you have to constantly keep like working on it's like a whole other person that you have to like take into consideration it's kind of like i don't know I don't want to say it's like having a kid because you have to like learn all about a new person constantly and they're like constantly mm-hmm. changing and becoming different. And it's like, oh, do I still like love them for who they are? And it's like, if it's a good relationship, then it's like, yes, you do because you made a good choice and they're a good person. But like, yeah, it's, it's a very, um, it's, it's for me, it's a constant in between of like, I have to make sure that like, this person's still, like, I approve of them and I'm not just blinded by how much I love them and how cute I think they are. And, Mm -hmm. like, just having a whole other person, adult, that you, like, are just with a lot of the time. It's kind of like a best friendship level, like, but with more kissing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's how it should be. Wow, Christina, one kissing away from being married. (laughs) 
<laughs> if I ship it. Um, if. <laughs> Hi, guys. If you cannot be friends, if you're not first friends with your significant other, then it's probably not a good deal. I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what, that's my take. Basically. No, that's, that's a good take. I feel like it's not even controversial. It's just, yeah, that's, you should really just be, if you go straight to dating somebody, it's like, you're risking. You really have to like, because you're with them all the time. Like, why would you want to hang out with somebody that you wouldn't be friends with? Like, it's... Right, like all these people <laughs> on Twitter who are like, you know, divorce rates in China are spiking when they re- end the quarantine. And, oh, I can't believe I have to be locked up with my husband. Like, I don't know about you, cats. Uh, I married a woman I like. Like, what? Right? It's, yeah. And, I mean, honestly, it's not even like, it, it's kind of, I, I feel like it's probably a bit more common with straight people, but it's not even a straight gay thing. Cause like, gay people do that too. They just date people because they're attractive and not because they actually have anything in common. And it's like, why? Right. <laughs> why are you doing this? I wrote a paper on the queer temporal experience once, and I think it's like the gayest thing I've ever sure. written. The QTE. Yes. <laughs> temporal the gate or the queer temporal experience and it's basically about how like when you're queer your entire like teenagerdom where like straight and like non-queer people Mm -hmm. are like kind of exploring their own identities and then and then exploring like how to make how to create relationships like for Mm -hmm. a lot of queer people that sort of like gets erased because you're spending a lot of that formative time of your life like either hiding or not realizing that this big part of you Mm -hmm. that is going to affect your relationships yeah in it like in an intrinsic way and so you like it's very possible that you don't it's very like anecdotal and like from your it was it was like an essay based on like a book slash like your personal experience it was sort of more of a blog post that i had turned in than an essay but it was yeah. all but it <laughs> that was like up. and it was also about but it was basically like you kind of don't get that exploration of yourself and how you interact with other humans in a romantic right. way mm-hmm. until you're sort of in your early 20s so it's like because like i didn't realize i was even like queer at all until i was like 15 and then like mm-hmm. it took me a long time to like accepted about myself yeah i didn't start dating until i was like 21 or something yeah so it's like like very late all of my friends had already like it was a very like strict people were just like looking at me like yeah and what's going on like like, i know i've said it a couple times as like a joke but it's like i've never mm-hmm. been in a relationship and like when i start a relationship there's like all this stuff i have to like unload it's like okay i'm a lesbian i'm also asexual i'm also like i've never been in a relationship so i don't know like what is going on and it's like every like time i've sort of like almost gotten there um mm-hmm. like it's either something that like someone didn't want to like Someone, I almost dated someone and they like, she freaked out about it. And she was like, I don't want to be that guy. It was when we were talking. Um, and it's almost like people so, talk a lot of shit about yeah. people starting dating late, but it is, it's almost like there, there's definitely a good part to it. Yeah. Because the more time mm-hmm. you have to figure yourself out, the less you have to do in the relationship to like, you're not like, you're, you're already figuring out another person. You don't want to yeah. also be figuring out yourself that much too. Right. Although you do change being in a relationship but like it's 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 much less catching up i think yeah. or yeah well, yeah and that's that's one of the things that a lot of relationships fail to understand and take into account is that when you get with someone and when you're married or whatever like 
like neither of you are done as a person it's not like mm-hmm. okay this is who we are now this is how we're going to be for the rest of our life you're you're still both going to grow it's you're you're going to be together through different versions of yourself all throughout the years and you have to be careful to make sure that you grow together and not mm-hmm. grow apart that you're you're conscious of the way that both of you are developing and conscious of how the dynamic works with that mm-hmm. um, because the the marriage or the relationship itself is almost a separate person that you have to be considerate of and and try to to guide through that because if you just grow haphazardly like Nicholas said if you if you're not 100% sure who you are and where you stand it's going to be very difficult to figure out like how to articulate that with this whole other person who you have to consider with your every move. Mm-hmm. So Violet definitely has like the the bones of possibly being in a good relationship, but unfortunately she has applied those she, bones to a bad yeah. sack of fat. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Uh, the nice. organs uh, she picked. Well done. Yeah, thank you. The the bones that she, or she has bones, but the organs that she chose to like fuse with. Uh-uh. Mm. They have she they have some problems. My, uh, she has some my, bones. Is my favorite dubstep collective. <laughs> I was gonna um, go with like Irish music. There you go. Yeah, I- Irish rock. My favorite. I don't know. My favorite tin whistle. Yeah. <laughs> so Violet is. They're there. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, you can go ahead. You're much better at it than I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I just have notes. I'm not better at anything. Um, so Holmes, in a relative first, actually attempts to emotions at yes. her, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and we can only imagine. We can how only that imagine. Because <laughs> See, that's the thing. Holmes is that's telling the thing. Watson, she and talks... then Watson is telling us. So we're getting it basically like third hand of like, yes, Holmes exactly. poured his soul out to this girl, and it's like that very much oh, could I have been. He took a words. sip of his tea and went, "Are you sure?" <laughs> Why be stupid? How I picture it going is like he he goes in, sits down next to her, very gently, like cross, like folds his hands on his lap, looks her in the eye, very like understandingly, is like, "Girl, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> Girl, he gets all. I am here to clear eye you right now. He just looks at her. And he goes, "Bitch, you crazy." And it's like, oh. <laughs> and Kitty Winter is sitting there like, enough, "Oh, this is what I have to work with." Great. Okay, time to convince yeah. this woman all by myself. <laughs> As I punch my mic. It work, and Winter Soldier <laughs> flips out on her, mm-hmm. uh, tries to convince her that, correctly, that he is a fiend who will cast her aside, as he once did with herself, and mm-hmm. she's she's very clearly, she specifically says this, she says she is not saying this out of love, or out of female solidarity, or out of anything <laughs> except fuck that guy. That right. is her sole motivating factor. She doesn't even care about, she doesn't even care about Violet, she's just, is it Violet? It's Violet, right? No, she doesn't even care about her, she's like, I don't care what happens to you, I really just, I just need this guy to go down. I, I really, yeah. like, I'm not even concerned for your well-being just like you need to know this <laughs> and and he and and it only th- this tactic doesn't work uh no. it's somewhat surprisingly as if you ever saw flame and ice face to face it was those two women Ooh. so george r. r martin if you're out there i would like your acclaimed <laughs> series to end with <laughs> kitty winter and violet uh whoever whatever her last name is <laughs> Demerville, <laughs> Violet Demerville. I would like yeah. the two of them coming together uh, to battle each other, and then I would like them to actually fall in love, preferably with swords. Yeah, I was gonna yes. say, much like uh, Make Hattie, and give that was her name. That's in, all I um, want. Hattie, yes, yeah. I Hattie, love her. Hattie and the the other one, yeah. In in a modern version, who was writing, they would absolutely end up together at the end, like the uh, like the the cat and the bunny in that uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog episode. 
We gotta um, do, like, a lineup of, like, most fiery female characters in the Sherlock Holmes Well, Kitty is literally described own... as fire-like, so I think she wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, I think, I don't so, even think we need to run that poll. I think she'd just sweep it. It's Kitty Winter, and then the rest of them are tied for second place because I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> and then third place is uh, Violet de Merville because she's specifically described yeah. as being ice-like. <laughs> mm-hmm. We love motifs. So this tactic doesn't work. And a fight is, uh, like, a physical fight is only avoided by Sherlock literally physically dragging her. Escorting her from the room. This is called foreshadowing to Kitty's temper. (laughs) Yeah, and I like to think he just, like, he he sees her just like, he's gonna kill you! He's a bad man! There's no reason for you to put up with it! And and Sherlock just, like, sees what's happening. He's like, alright, finish the tea, and just pick her up. (laughs) Carry and out we go. And as he's walking out the door, she's just, you will live to regret the day! (laughs) (laughs) He arrives back at Baker Street with a black eye, and Watson's like, oh my goodness, Holmes, what happened? I was like, don't don't worry about it. And Kitty Winter is just, like, rubbing her hand, like, he doesn't want to talk about it. We were jumped. It's fine. Right. <laughs> what is your face made of, Sherlock? What have you got in there? <laughs> Bones, so, probably. So that Bones. attempt failed. Yeah. Attempt yes. number one was not, not successful. No. Um, we still know about the book, though. Yes. The book that yeah. Baron Gruner has in his house somewhere. And I sense a cat burgling attempt about to transpire. Burglement. All those cats and kittens. Burgle, burgle. A burglement is in the works, but... Two days later, a newspaper says, murderous attack upon Sherlock Holmes. Gasp. A newspaper, a newspaper article that doesn't really understand, doesn't seem to understand what the words murder and fatal mean. Because they yeah. use those a whole bunch. <laughs> and yeah, or they've been misinformed. Very much alive. Could be. a very be. strong possibility. And the best part is Watson learns about this by the newspaper. Yes, because which Watson is, horrible. is not living at Baker Street at the moment. He has his own room right. somewhere else. And so he's yeah. just walking down the street, whistling a happy tune, you know, probably thinking about what he's going to have for lunch. And he just yeah. takes a little glance at the newspaper and goes, oh, mm, shit. <laughs> Just runs, sprints all the way to Baker Street, kicks the door down. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, Holmes, what's going on? Holmes is actually less, much less murdered than the newspapers would have us believe. He is attacked, um, yeah. but less murderously he's, than previously Yeah, he's pretty thought. messed up, but he's still alive, and he's like, Watson, don't worry about it. Yeah, Watson kind of like, he, he goes into Holmes' bedroom and like, gets all somber and just kind of like, Holmes, are you okay? Are you still alive? And, Watson, and Holmes is like, Watson, it's fine. It's, it's not as bad as it looks. And his head's like bleeding. But yeah, Holmes right. is actually okay. It's a okay. head wound. It's um, fine, Watson. It's just a head wound. It's fine. Yeah, I've you had know. concussions before. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, he, Holmes really wanted, Holmes is happy the newspaper is playing up how murdered he is, uh, mm-hmm. because he, now, now Baron Grimmer thinks that, uh, is pretty probably going to be convinced that Holmes is no longer on his trail. He is too right. incapacitated he to be following anymore. Dying. Any suspicion? <laughs> He's busy yeah. being almost dead. Um, so Watson's like, okay, you know, I'm glad you're not that bad. Uh, and then Holmes is like, all right, so Watson, here's what we're going to do next. <laughs> uh, you need to learn everything. <laughs> well, they find out they 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 spend like a week of Holmes being a little bit attempted murdered, but basically fine yeah, convalescent. uh so he they yeah. spend about a week like healing up and then they see in the newspaper again uh the newspaper is of course where you get mm-hmm. your news before it's the twitter the of television. the time sometimes yeah, it's the twitter of the Edwardian era 
<laughs> Back when the news was actually the news, yeah. Oh my gosh, I tried to make a joke and it just went so downhill so quickly. <laughs> um, but they find out that, that Gruner is leaving for America in three days. Correct. They only have three days before he gets the fuck out of Dodge, and by Dodge, of course, mm-hmm. we mean London. Right. Yes, he's going back to America briefly to um, do some business, and then he's going to come right on back and marry Violet. And get hitched. The clock mm-hmm. is ticking. So yes. yeah, they got to act fast. So well, I just I have, I have a quote here. Go Holmes ahead. says, "Now Watson, <laughs> why is Holmes German now? Because Casey thinks <laughs> he can't. No, do Holmes is always German. And now we have. Yeah. We did it earlier, so now we have to be consistent. <laughs> for an we got to get around copyright. Yeah." I want you to do something for me. Hey, I'm here to be used, Holmes. Eyebrows, eyebrows. <laughs> well then, spend the next 24 hours in an intensive study of Chinese pottery. And so he did. And no questions such was asked. Arthur Conan Doyle's, such was Arthur Conan Doyle's estimation of the thousands and thousands of years of ancient Chinese pottery history yeah. that he thought, yeah, he could just go get one book. It'll be fine. Get one book, one book. study it pretty hard. Overnight. Over... Quick read. The big book of me. hours, and then it's like, okay, <laughs> hell yeah, I am. I could teach this class on Chinese right? pottery to to white people. I could teach it to white people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, like, we need to we need to emphasize that John Watson does read up on Chinese pottery, but he does not. He elects to not, not read, read the, book. the book on Chinese pottery that the guy he's trying to talk to wrote. So Holmes does not tell him why he needs to learn anything about Chinese pottery, but you would assume that if Mm -mm. you are currently chasing a case, bitch energy, uh, and and the guy you're chasing has written a book on the subject, your BF has just told you (laughs) to to read up on. I feel like that's what I would read first, just to be like, okay, like. All One right. would think. Get inside this yes. guy's Holmes doesn't tell him why. Mind. He doesn't tell him the whole plan, but you he would assume. say, hey, this guy real, real knows from Chinese pottery. There's there's a little bit of, like, Three Stooges energy going on here. Holmes doesn't tell Watson why he's researching. Watson doesn't read the book. No. It's a mess. How How is this guy detected? So, <laughs> um, but Watson does his Holmes work, and he, does. he comes back, yes. and he's like, yeah, I know a And then he goes two. and reads the book. Yeah. He's like, all right, I got it. So he knows from Ming, and he comes back, Holmes presents him with a wee Ming saucer and an identity to borrow for the evening, that of Dr. Hill Barton, medicine man and student, amateur student of ceramics, in which guise uh, he is to call upon Gruner under the pretense of possibly selling a set, a full set of this Ming, uh, which is, I didn't understand this at the time when I read it, but which is uh, actually on loan, this mm-hmm. Ming, from the client. The mysterious client themselves. The illustrious client, Casey. The illustrious client, yes. The titular. They go, (laughs) they go to the crimes place. Um, Gruner meets Watson and they examine the saucer. So there's this bit where like Gruner is like, yes, hello. Let me look at this saucer. And Arthur Conan Doyle just busts through the door to remind us that this man is very, very handsome. Please read the description. Please. Does anyone have a quote? Oh gosh. Wild. Do you? Um, find it, Nicholas. I think Liz is looking it up. Well, I have my own like notes that I wrote down from like his very first introduction, not his uh mm-hmm. how he's described okay. now, but I do have that he is a horse girl. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he plays polo. As all rich people. He collects yeah. yep. books and pictures and women. Yep. Uh, he is very yep. artistic. He's an expert on Chinese pottery. And then he's like 42, but he looks like he's in his early 30s. And then yep. it's also said that he has a collection mania, which I hate to say it, but same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you don't have a like proper job, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I got <laughs> furloughed, so. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, okay, I did, I did find the description. Um, okay, so he was a remarkably handsome man. His European reputation for beauty was fully deserved. In figure, he was not more than middle size, but was built upon graceful and active lines. Um, large, dark, languorous eyes, which easily hold an irresistible fascination for women. His hair and mustache were raven black, the latter short pointed and carefully waxed. Ah, yes, the carefully waxed mustache, the mm-hmm. peak of Victorian handsomeness but he had a murderer's mouth somehow <laughs> in a uh, jar <laughs> he just had it if i ever saw a murderer's mouth it was there a cruel hard gash in the face compressed Oof. inexorable and terrible so Boinks. yeah um yeah this guy's uh this guy's very handsome but very deadly he's uh, something to look at like certainly it. yeah and he also knows his shit because as we mentioned he wrote an authoritative text yes. On ancient Chinese pottery. A subject. And he sees through Watson's ruse literally immediately. <laughs> immediately. And also, yeah. yeah, and also instantly sparts, sparts, yep, instantly <laughs> spots Watson as being Holmes's man. So he flips out and he runs to the other room because he has twigged that he is being distracted. Something Watson himself didn't know was happening. Watson just, he, he, he didn't know why he was there. He didn't know what the plan like was. A little bit. He, 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 he sort of is just like, well, what are your thoughts on, uh, um, what are your thoughts? Holmes, <laughs> Holmes either tells Watson, it, there's three modes. He either is telling Watson everything as much as he can right. as they go along. Very rare, by the way. Uh, tells him a little bit as he can, like, afford to if the case is moving right. quickly. More or comments. doesn't tell Watson anything whatsoever. Watson's just yeah. there for the ride. And because he has a gun. I <laughs> know. Yeah. <laughs> and this is definitely one of those stories. Yes. Um my personal my personal headcanon is that Watson is a much better shot than Holmes. I think that's actually mentioned in canon at some point where like Ooh, Watson yeah, yeah. or Holmes wants Watson to come along because he's and it was like a big joke in the Holmes and Watson movie, which I think was played really well. That was um, so good. Watson just being a dead shot no matter what. Uh <laughs> given the like Western spin with his revolvers, his army revolver. You know, yeah. parts of that movie were a lot of fun, and all of them were John C. Riley. Yeah. the only thing that made it work is how 1,000% committed he was. Mm. I didn't know this. Um, I was listening to the Flophouse's live episode uh, where they did Holmes and Watson, and apparently John C. Riley is, like, a classically trained clown. Like, literally. Really? That's a thing? Yeah, he has, still? He has studied clowning. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if I could go to and it, and it shows. Because there's, so, there's something in his bearing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Watson, I, I believe I believe you're correct, Nicholas. He, he frequently is just a hired gun. And he's so used to taking orders that he's, he's just, just like, cool sure, I'll just it. go there. It's fine. Yeah, I right. assume something's going to happen at some point. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Going on work, today, might as well. <laughs> right? I just... He just sits down with the guy and he's like, so how do you feel about... Um, green cups <laughs> waiting at work i just do whatever i'm told and then i assume that something is happening <laughs> yeah the evolution of holmes and watson's 
working dynamic because there's the personal friendship relationship aspect of it but then there's right. how they work together and they they settle in and i think it, they both contribute to each other the friendship the working relationship are all like a wonderful mm-hmm. tapestry of like it works great it's always but, wild um, to like work with your best friend it's such a yeah then you have a different like work dynamic versus your your like best friend dynamic and then it's people will only see you in one and so when you talk about the other they're like huh Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's great yeah and it's it's i almost feel like it's rare for it to work together even either like you have a best friend that like you're great on your own but like if you have to do a project together you will just be gooping off the whole time but then if you have a best friend and you also work well together and can, like, get stuff done? Unstoppable. Oh, Unstoppable yeah. Christina duo. and I are a power duo. And as soon as we figure mm, out how I to can... power duo our, our way through the entertainment <laughs> industry, we're solid. It I can absolutely see that comedy duo. Yeah. You guys should start your own podcast. I, I'm yeah. trying to get her. I bought her a mic and sent it to her house <laughs> so that she has to do a podcast with me. <laughs> She has no choice now. She has no choice. It's like drugs. Podcasting is just like, you get, you, you start it. Casey got me into it. I have a very specific one I don't want to do with her and my friend Nikita. And I'm just like, it's the time. Yes. Do it. Yeah. There's no better time. Yes. All right. So So, they're at his house. They're at at his house. (laughs) Correct. uh, He tries to give Watson a pop quiz and Watson is like, um, I don't need a pop quiz. I graduated college. He's yeah. like, how dare you assume how dare I'm not you exactly who I say I am. about the subject we're discussing? <laughs> I don't know things. Which is me. Yeah. So there, yeah, so Watson's, it, it gets pretty, uh, it's pretty suspenseful for a moment. You think, okay, maybe, maybe Groomer's buy, maybe Groomer's buying Watson's bit. He examines the pottery. He's like, all right. They get a little in with the conversation. Watson gets found out. Groomer's like, I know who you are. You're Holmes's Confederate. You're working together. Um, like, what's going on and he starts like scrambling through his desk for a, a weapon a gun i assume uh i think in the show they actually have him they do to he actually, bring like, out the gun. but in this it's gun. like he's wrestling through his desk and then a noise happens in the other room it's a barracuda and he and he runs uh and he runs into the other room and uh holmes is there and holmes is like oh shit and jumps out the window uh nope. and <laughs> literally and um uh Grimm chases him to the window and watson only sees this from like a certain he only gets so much of this scene but he gets enough of it and he sees a woman's hand shoot up through the bush and throw something at Gruner's face and Gruner's like screaming in agony and you find out like very quickly that it was uh acid it was vitriolic acid mm-hmm. uh right to the face acid to meet you right to the face and um Watson immediately being a doctor tries to like he's to gross help the him hell out. out. He's, he's, he's like first out, of all, he also you. tries to help because he is a good <laughs> right, he's doctor. Like, oh, let me oh my god, let me let me see right. your injuries. Because uh, oh, gross. Right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, he tries to help him. My medical the opinion second, is that, that the second that Gruner's yucky. like family physician or like personal physician gets there, he's like, mm, bye. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. Oh, well, I'm That's out. Here's my card. Okay, I have fulfilled my ethical duties. Toodles. Yeah, yeah, bye. Good luck with your face. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, so he goes back, he goes back to Baker Street, meets up with Holmes. Holmes kind of is just like, you know. What just I happened? I know that she had acid on her, but. Yeah, too yeah, so bad, I guess. Holmes has, <laughs> it makes Holmes sense. Has actually sent Watson to distract Gruner while he and, Direct. uh, Kitty Winter, who previously they had said they were going to send into hiding in the suburbs, but in actuality, nope. uh, Holmes has taken her with him because she knows where the book is kept. Um, yeah, and right. 
he says and because that she would have literally murdered him if she was left out of that's this. That's very she true. was she, there was it was not an option. Yeah, so, <laughs> so she was he, going to come. He brings along. her with her ha- uh, partially, I think, to babysit her, and partially because he needs her to tell him where it is in this right. office. Um, well, and as backup, I think, because yeah. he's still pretty beaten up. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, um, it's just a good idea. But he claims he did not know she had acid with him. He he makes the claim. James. <laughs> he, he makes the claim oh, yeah. that uh, what does he say? Girls and their secrets. How could I guess what the little packet was that she carried so carefully under her cloak? Which, Mr. Holmes, <laughs> you're a detective. <laughs> um, I'm just saying I don't 100. percent I don't 100 percent believe that Holmes didn't no. know she had some I sort don't of weapon. I don't 100 percent believe he knew that she had a plan to. Uh, permanently disfigure him. It's although a very I feel like the if record. he did, he wouldn't necessarily would have done that much to stop her because we've seen Holmes be a little morally ambiguous in the past. Yeah, he's like, "Is it justice? Sure, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Sounds like not a Sometimes me problem. Justice to be is, a, is a melted face. He's you know? like, "Do I have to solve a murder because yeah. of it? No, no. It was really just a very much." It was a very much like not how I ex- a situation of like not how I expected the problem to get solved, but if it works, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, Can't argue with results. Kitty Holmes is a pragmatist. Kitty Holmes is a pragmatist. Lacks, is that what you said? What? <laughs> Kitty and Sherlock get married out of like convenience. Holmes actually adopts her. Oh yes, <laughs> he's he so really impressed. Does. In elementary, they do have a very father like, or it's Aww. not really like father daughter because the age difference isn't quite there, but it's like, very like. Mentor. It's a mentor, trainee, like trainee. Yeah. It's very Master sweet. Master Padawan relationship. Yes, it's if very you will. sweet. I <laughs> cried when she left the show and I was like hoping she'd come back. She comes back for like two episodes in later seasons, but I always wanted her back or a spinoff or something. And I was like, please, can I have Kitty Winter I'm, back? I wanted I'm her in so looking forward. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to how this one off minor character from this story is adapted onto the show as like a running like i it's gotta be good i'm i'm really well, like, I, looking forward to it's that. like a couple episodes that i don't think are like based on anything because elementary doesn't really mm-hmm. do episodes that are based on like one story they occasionally yeah. do but for the most part it's like an original crime with a like right. uh a reference thrown here and there that which you don't really catch unless you like know the stories and like because i don't know the stories okay, that right. well i think you'd have a lot more fun with it because sometimes i'll catch and i'll be like hey <laughs> Like, yeah. there's one episode where he literally is having the conversation and, and the guy's having a conversation with his, like, well, I'm sure you've never worked with anyone who, of my status, who's had a problem like this. And Sherlock is like, well, the last person I worked with was a king, so, <laughs> which is, like, straight from the <laughs> story. And then they actually uh, mention yes. in another episode that I don't think Kitty Winter's a part of that there was a crime where a woman was murdered by her husband in, on an Austrian pass, and the only way he got off was a, te- a legal uh, technicality. So it's just like a one-line mm, outer that it's like, if nice. you don't know, you wouldn't catch it, but it's also like a little bit of world building. So even if you don't catch it as a reference, you like catch it as a piece of the world, which I think is very I hot really and sexy. Like that. Yeah, no, that's I, great. I also, I love that to you, uh, elementary episodes are divided into Kitty Winter and non-Kitty <laughs> like, Winter episodes. I, <laughs> Those are the only... Here's the thing. I mean, that's uh, me with Deep Space Nine and Garrick, so... <laughs> I, I kind of divide elementary almost, because they do sort of storylines, like, by the half season, and it's not like... 
If right. you ever seen Agents of Shield, they really have seasons that they call pods that are like half a season or three per season that are very contained stories. Right. But Elementary mm-hmm. doesn't do it the same exact way, but it also does have like there's usually one storyline that is like flowing through a season or a half season. So like I do kind of like point mm-hmm. it out by like what the major story thread was at the time and like kitty winter is such a big one and i think it's a very strong like group of episodes because like season one has like good ones and bad ones and season two is a mix as well but i really did enjoy like the first half of season three like pretty much all the way through which is when she's Mm -hmm. there and i don't want to say it's because of her but i do like i'd like her to know that i not the actress i'd like kitty winter (laughs) the fictional character to know i would kill and die for her um (laughs) (laughs) She's out there somewhere. Just as I would I like Joan that. Watson to know that I would kill and die for her. Um, but so would Sherlock, so it's okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I love friendship. I'm so, yes. I'm so looking forward to this show. So, I'm, li- I'm seriously going to watch it, too. I'm not even just saying, like, oh, maybe I'll watch it someday. I'm Yeah, we might. You know what? So the original, yes, plan the original plan had been that when we wrapped up the Holmes canon... Uh, Nicholas and I, and then Andrew Orsi, would start Scroll Scouts of America. Didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Perfectly legitimate. No hard feelings. Whatever. Mm. But when this wraps up, do the three of us want to do an elementary yes, yes, through podcast? Yes. yes. Please. Yes, I'm begging. Okay. Here's the thing. Can we do it? You don't okay. even have to do it episode by episode. You can do it in chunks. <laughs> no, we're going to do it episode <laughs> we have by episode. There's like 160 episode episode. episodes. Are you sure? <laughs> Uh, oh wait a minute uh, let me check my wallet oh no there are no shits to give <laughs> we have to right. what else okay. are we going to and do here, I will make this what promise else? I will make this promise now if this becomes a reality I will not watch past what I've already watched which is like the first four episodes of the final season I will not watch past that so it'll be fresh with so us so it'll be fresh with you okay. so you guys can have my fresh tears because I'm the sure final by this point, pod sh- we can do better. I promise. An elementary <laughs> podcast. Uh, wow. Elementary, my dear Podson. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, Me it already has to brainstorming be, names. I think we have to continue. Like, it has to be a continuation of this show, just because we already have a really large like yeah. listener and friend base. So it has to be like the final Podblum. Elementary, my dear Podson, or so. Yes. We'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll think of we'll mm-hmm. figure something. It'll be in the same RSS feed because we yeah. we plugged we we and I yeah. really feel like the current listener group is would absolutely go for that. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I would love to invade your Nicholas. podcast full time after you finish the canon. <laughs> yep. Okay, we'll do that. All right. Uh, so I love Lucy Lou. <laughs> so yeah. Oh God, it's gonna be endless. Okay. See. My, uh, okay. When, when your boy was a wee boy, he saw Kill Bill volumes one and two and thought that that Lucy Liu was very pretty. And oh boy, has he never heard the end of it from his wife. Donna, I'm so sorry. If your spouse, but... if your spouse can't appreciate your fictional marriage, marriage yeah. to your favorite celebrity, <laughs> break up with them. It, like, it's not real. Vaughn acknowledges that I am the widowed husband of Jeremy Brett and he is my there second. You go. <laughs> No, well, she only moves me about it because she knows it embarrasses me. That's why, why does she it embarrass care. you? She's cool about it. Lucy Have Lou's no shame, like, Casey. Perfect, That's the secret. Like, celebrity crush. Exactly. Well, and even then, it wasn't even Lucy Lou herself. It was it was Oren Ishii. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, the, the amount of ribbing I'm going to take is going to be, it's going to be very good. We'll have to have her on. It'll so, Kitty My throws- wife, not Lucy Lou. Anyway. <laughs> so or Lucy acid. Lou. I mean, 
<laughs> yes. Okay. And because of uh, extenuating circumstances, uh, she's given uh, a very, like, the lightest sentence possible for the crime of vitriol throwing, uh-huh. which I think... Holmes makes sure of that through, I think, the client. I, think so, I don't yes. think it's Holmes's right. power alone. I think... Like, he sense. slips it, his card across the judge's desk. It's not desk super, and... I think, plausible that the British uh, judiciary system was like, yeah, this woman was like tormented by this man and, no. <laughs> and uh, it, it, you know of course she threw acid at his face and like we shouldn't send her to prison for the rest of her life no i think i think the illustrious client dipped his little hand in the judiciary system and they were like yes sir we'll Makes give sense. her very, we'll give her probation just a bag of gold coins just, oh yeah. <laughs> with a dollar sign on it except it's like a pound sign nope a dollar <laughs> sign just to make it even more confusing <laughs> yen yes Yes, and that's uh, that's pretty much the end of it. Um, the Damery returns. He collects the book and bowl and departs. Uh, Holmes was threatened with prosecution for burglary because he did burgling. He uh, did, but, yeah. No getting but around quote, that. my friend has not yet stood in the dock. So Holmes has <laughs> evaded justice yet yep. again. Because, <laughs> um, like... We always love it when the law looks the other way for the good guy, but, like, that's not how the law is supposed to work, and I have mixed feelings about that, <laughs> but... Because mm-hmm. yeah. here's the... like, I mean, like, Gruner was a murder man. Nobody's arguing yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But, like, when it comes to his relationship with Kitty Winter... I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a bad person and a womanizer and a, and a gaslighter, and he is everything wrong. But, like, there's very little there that's legally actionable, right? Like, you can't charge someone with you being... You can't charge being someone emotionally. with sick. Like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, like, as far as the law is concerned, it's—I I don't know—and I'm not saying Kitty Winter should have gone to jail. I'm just saying I feel weird about the law. Just saying, nah, it's fine. You, don't worry about it. <laughs> cool. I think that was really like a convenience yeah. thing for Doyle because it's like he didn't want to be like, and then home served a few weeks I mean, in jail, honestly, and then he got out. Whatever. Just... <laughs> I want to see home <laughs> jail. In Me too. Honestly, yes. right. I Holmes, just, I, Sherlock there's Holmes so does much go potential. to jail in the first episode of Elementary. <laughs> I feel there like, I feel like he would just die thing. because all the crit- criminals would know who he was. Oh, it helps There's jail, only so much jujitsu you can do. <laughs> I don't know. I like, well, no, to be, in, in the first Robert Downey Jr. one, he becomes like a celebrity when he's in lockup for like three hours. He's just sitting there telling dirty jokes. And at the end, like one of the criminals stands up to see him out. He's like, always a pleasure, Mr. Holmes. It's just, I like to think he's, <laughs> he's probably, I don't know. He's, he's, he's probably like cred. head of the drunk bin. Like, yeah, he's fine with those guys, implicates... but if he went to actual prison yeah. where there were like murderers that he that's put fair. away there, I don't think it would bode well for him because yeah, it's like that's fair. one genius versus fifteen people he put there. It's not going to end well, right. no matter how smart you are. Right. Sorry, movies. They <laughs> I lied. think the implication of the Robert Downey Jr. movies is that he maybe even like puts on a persona when he gets into prison. Yeah, like persona. he understands the criminal mind, so he, he can like he he knows how they work, and so he can like play up certain things to like okay i know what'll get these guys to like me basically well and Um, robert downey jr holmes is very much charismast holmes like oh yeah it's a very very different i feel like that version of holmes has been to prison many times because he is not as charismatic imprisonment card right yeah Yeah. he's got a punch card with yeah (laughs) three more stamps in his next hanging is free i haven't seen that movie (laughs) in like a decade but i remember enjoying it a lot I kind of I remember enjoying Jude Law a lot. That's for sure. I I <laughs> yes. definitely I definitely want to go back and rewatch it. That it's a lot they're of fun. really well, fun. You know, we'll have to do that for a bonus thing. We'll, yeah, we'll I would love a, to listen yeah, to that. 
do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's talk Huxtables. Liz Layton, I think we all know the answer. I think you do. Who gets your Huxtable? Is it Dr. Oakshot, the doctor who tells Watson that Holmes isn't going to die? You know, unfortunately, <laughs> okay. I'm not going to have to give it to no. Dr. Oakshot. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to have enough. to give it to Shinwell Johnson, who's a close second because he's great. Yeah. Sorry, Porky, but the Huxtable, my Huxtable is going to the fiery Miss Kitty Winter. The, yeah, the Winter the Soldier, winter Sebastian Stan. Yeah, I Sebastian awesome. Stan, Kitty Winter. How about you, Nicholas? Um, let me see. I'm trying to remember who I had last time before we didn't have that episode anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Did I, does anyone I did, remember? Did, can I be honest? We I did a pretty good job not, not, of not letting on that this was a redo. Just cut this part and then we won't. We, but I'm pretty sure we, we all gave we it to Kitty. We can cut it. Nah. I fine. think we all... Because I, yeah, I don't remember the, a Kitty. big discussion about it. Because I think we all just agreed. Yeah. yeah. So, listeners, just just to put it out there, uh, we, we this is our second run at this episode. The last one was eaten due to a techno-magical mishap due to the traitorous wave pad. But don't worry, uh, we said a lot of the same jokes, episode. and we and we said it very naturally, so it sounded like they were just happening. <laughs> no, we did, time. and like, honestly, I worried about that. I worried that it was going to feel no. really unnatural and like, but no, it's fine, whatever. Because I think all three of us are repeaters anyway, oh, yeah. aren't we? Don't we like repeat? I will yeah. tell it's a everyone yeah, I know, who I listens to the same four stories, and when I started, they're like, oh, you've told us and i'm like yeah i know and then i keep going (laughs) i frequently have been called out by friends by asking them have you seen this movie and they reply yes i saw it with you (laughs) we went together to the movie theater and saw it together (laughs) that's yeah oh i tell christina and akita all the time i'll be like oh i was out with my friend and then i'll start telling a story and they're like stop i was the friend i was there (laughs) well i couldn't remember if it was you or nikita because i only have two of you (laughs) Yes. So last time we did, I believe Kitty Winter uh, got our first unanimous Huxtable. Absolutely. Congratulations! I think someone should get it, should give it to Shinwell Johnson. It's not going to be me, but I'd love it if he had one. No. He didn't do enough. If, I mean, he's cool, if, oh, but being cool is not he's enough. He's just doing his job. Yeah, but he was, he was, he's a reformed villain. Maybe I'm, yeah. maybe I'm the bad boy apologist for Shinwell Johnson. Could be. He still I'm doesn't not get saying he shouldn't though. get his own entire spinoff series. I'm just saying he yeah. didn't win the Huxtable this time. The yeah. qualifications for Huxtable Award are a little more stringent. And utterly undefined <laughs> as well. <laughs> Incredibly nebulous, like Very the rules of Survivor. Rules. Um, but you can also... I do... <laughs> I do want to give honorable mention to the judge uh, who gave her a light sentence, because even even if, like, the client mm-hmm. hadn't reached his hand in and said, no, no, don't send Kitty Winter to jail for aciding that man's face, I like to think <laughs> that the judge was like, now, Miss Winter, what were the events that transpired that evening? And Kitty Winter is like, well, Your Honor, you see, I took the sulfuric acid... And I put it into this super soaker, like so. It's made of polyethylene, <laughs> oh so it won't melt, as we yeah. learned in the first season of Breaking Bad. And then I pumped it once, twice, thrice did I pump it, and then I aimed it at his face. <laughs> like so. And that's how it happened. And uh, I like to think the judge was just intimidated, or maybe he just realized that she was too cool to go to jail. I tried He's to like, Google you know what? to see what that. the lightest sentence for vitriol throwing was, and I can't find... 
uh, conclusive evidence, but my very, very light looking at Google is showing me either two to four years in prison. Whoa. Yeah. Um, which would right. be which a death would... sentence in this time. Which, <laughs> I just like to think that maybe she got a slap on the wrist that didn't involve prison time. So, uh. Maybe. <laughs> and threatening a judge. Uh, so. Hard labor. Hard labor. So last time, uh, Liz Layton, we had you, yes. we had you choose a number between one and 30, and you chose randomly, uh, the story that friend of the show, Paul Thomas Miller, friend of the show and accent critic, Paul Thomas Miller, <laughs> well, uh, maybe... said was his favorite and- I feel like you have a right to. to critique someone doing an accent Art that is, is your accent. Accent. <laughs> That's the joke. That's why it's funny. No, absolutely. That's why my outrage is hilarious. Nicholas, appreciate me. <laughs> I'm sorry. The jo- that I felt the air from that joke as it whizzed over my head. <laughs> yes, Ruffled um, my hair. Next week, we are reading The Mazarin Stone, which is Paul Thomas Miller's favorite story. And if we can wrangle it, we're going to have him come be a guest. And uh, I'll be very afraid to do an accent of any kind in front of him <laughs> because he is very smart. And uh, I have that thing. You know, when you're talking to a British person, you're kind of intimidated a little bit. Like oh, yeah. You feel the need to... Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, yeah. I think that's a very, like... For some reason, it's a common American-British interaction thing. I took a class with like, Rachel Jennings at ABC, and by the end of it, I was like, British people can talk to me, and I won't think of them as anything different <laughs> other than if you grade me or not. <laughs> British people, Fair. they're just like us, <laughs> yeah. allegedly. British people, they're people. <laughs> so go ahead and read The Mazarin Stone. That's your home's work for next time. Please do find us over at The Final Podblum on Twitter. Um, if you should like to, you can go to patreon.com slash semi-automagic, which is our podcast network name for the time being. We are trying to find a new one. It is not easy. Um, <laughs> so before the plague happened, our model was that if you um, gave us $5 a month, you would get access to these episodes a week early and also some bonus content that we weren't quite ready to reveal yet. But the plague done changed a lot of things. And we are now releasing all of our content just like fucking, like, with all those rattatas you caught between Pallet Town and Viridian City. Just like, be free, my beauties, just out into the wild. Um, so you can go listen to those. If you should like to support us with your monies, you are certainly welcome to do so, and we would certainly appreciate it. But these, they are tough times. So mm-hmm. don't worry about it, dogs. We are here to entertain you and also ourselves. Yes. So none of us let go us crazy. Know, let us know who gets your Huxtable yeah. Award. Uh, let us know which, uh, who else you want Kitty Winter to throw acid into the face Let us know of. what I'm you sure think Holmes and Watson would do in quarantine. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> Unless the that's, answer is kiss, we all know the answer is yeah. kiss. We all know that. What else? Yeah. That's a given. <laughs> what else? <laughs> yeah. Would they dye their mustaches? That's the question. Certainly they would. They'd have mustaches. <laughs> would Holmes grow somehow. facial hair? God forbid. Uh, tweet us with your answers. <laughs> your answers and your fan art. Yes. So, until then, all our buddies. Everybody have a good quarantine at home. Stay home. Wash your <laughs> Stay hands. Stay home. Even if you're at home, your wash your hands. Stay, yes. Stay Holmes and Watts in your hands. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. That's it. All right. Bye, our buddies. Bye, buddies. Thank you.
I have to like undo my hands so they don't like. I, I got this thing where I'll like press my palms together and it'll make like kind of a farting noise. And I'm just, I just do it subconsciously sometimes. And I'm like, oh, I've got a mic in front of me. I can't just like, yeah, can you hear it? That's very hot. Isolation's doing a number on me, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Nick! That was my claim to fame in middle school. I could, ah. I could fart with my hands and I sold Pokemon merchandise out of my locker. This week we read the illustrious Cli- the adventure. Ah, every literally every time, literally every time, every single time. Because I don't write it. So okay, this week, where's my pen? That's okay. I literally just wrote down your face, my acid. (laughs) I'm just going to get you a little rubber stamp that just says the adventure of. Yeah, right. And just above Um, every, my notes. Yeah. So what happens next? Somebody? Indeed. What happens? Um, (laughs) Okay. Like I've, I've got notes. I've got fairly thorough notes that I just typed up yesterday, and I'm happy to cover structure if you guys want me to. I just don't want it to seem like I'm railroading here. So By all means, wanna... you do the best rehash. You yeah. do the best, like... <laughs> it is in my nature to do the notes. So yeah. I just... Okay, I'll, I'll yes. handle structure. Then. Yes, okay. please. I'm here for jokes. <laughs> I'm only here for Fair jokes enough. as well. <laughs> Nick is you here to be the expert. I'm jokes. here for jokes and to thirst over Kitty Winter. I don't know what else you want from me. <laughs> Oh, Please I wasn't saying anything. Sorry, I was trying to do a bit and it didn't work, so I just stopped. <laughs> All we do is bits, bits, bits. No All we do what. is bit, 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 <laughs> bitch your money. <laughs> okay. Oh, I should be muted. Casey's so used to like gently wrangling me away from like going off for five years about something totally exactly. unrelated to the subject matter that it's like this is a very different change from the. See, here's the thing: the, I've got I've got Nicholas. Like I'll just on take one leash. of those little clickers and I'll be like, yeah, and it, no, yeah. no, it's funny. I'll just do subtle you cues. Like, your Nicholas, it's it's <laughs> boysenberry, and he just knows it's just automatic. It's gentle. Shirts. It's gentle. It's uh. It's humane cat training, but for exactly. Nick, <laughs> it's positive have... reinforcement. Is yes. It is. If I if I can guide him away from what he's tangenting on, then he gets to talk about Jeremy Brett for five minutes at the end. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's my reward. <laughs> this week we read this. Okay, it's this week we read, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, Nick, it's completely fine because I literally, Casey tried to like introduce me on Squirrel Scouts of America and I was like, is it Squirrel Scout? Am I a Squirrel Scout? Is that what it's called? I'm Squirrel Scout. Is that right? Squirrel Scout Ginger Snap? What's my name? (laughs) Ginger Snap. That's so Uh, cute. I love it. It's pretty good. Oh my God. I really want to be back on as like a guest at some point. Because I yes. am going to read the comics. Like, I'm Absolutely. really excited for that. We will, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> we will. We'll have you on as a guest. Absolutely. Okay, cool. I love Squirrel Girl so much. Um, favorite superhero. Too. I also can't wait for, like, 
everyone who assumes I'm into comic books because I'm a nerd, and people, like, when people realize you're a nerd, they assume that you're into every nerdy thing, and so I love absolutely shutting people down and be like, oh yeah, I watched one Spider-Man movie, kind of like bullshit, just to piss people off. I cannot wait for people to ask me who my favorite superhero is, and to say Squirrel Squirrel Girl, and then to be like, who's that? (laughs) It's gonna be great. Um... And it won't even be a lie. Uh, I'm like, scroll and then, like, maybe Batman second or third place. I don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> Batman, you know. Who would win in a fight? That's not even a question. <laughs> Squirrel Girl. It's, it's a, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, Squirrel Girl would defuse the situation. There wouldn't even need to be a fight. There wouldn't be a fight. They'd just end up watching movies together or something. <laughs> exactly. And getting Batman into therapy. She's oh, like, yeah. wait, squirrels, bats? Those She'd are so similar. He doesn't speak bats. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, what are you? Girl, you like, what's the you point? Like, excuse me. What are you doing? <laughs> you mean this is just for aesthetic? They're right? unemployed. Batman, come on. <laughs> Squirrel Girl meets Batman. She teaches him how to talk to bats, and he totally reinvents himself. He becomes this animal exactly. rights activist. Completely. <laughs> It'd be great. Can you take all this audio and splice it? Oh wait, just let's just splice it into Squirrel Scouts of America. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'll just tack it onto the end. That'll yes. be fine. Good. Yeah. And no, it's it's a Monetize subtle, it's a very everything. subtle, uh, like advertisement for the Squirrel Girl podcast yes. that we're just casually slipping yeah. into the final problem. Oh, what did this fall out of our pod? Oh, no. oh, what's that? Squirrel Girl? Did this fall into the post show stinger? Oh no! Sorry. <laughs> oh.